We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks it in for the lead. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the uncontested podcast post game edition feels so good to say that after three months i know it's only been three months i'm your host for the evening jacob niffin back at it again like peanut butter and jelly the two-man game i've got nick crane with me this time last year like to the day probably we were talking about chet holmgren's debut and now it's chet holmgren's Redebut, redebut, if that's a word, or return would probably be the easier thing to say. I love it. We are here with our post game, with our post game podcast after the Thunder beat the Utah Jazz in summer league in their first game out in Salt Lake City, ninety five to eighty five. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. Quick programming note before we get started. The Thunder play again Wednesday night, uh, not January, goodness, July 5th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Taylor and JD will be on the post game for that one with you. And then Thursday, the Thunder play the 76ers. Late that evening, Justin, Taylor, myself, and maybe Nick, if his flight gets in on time, will be live from Las Vegas, breaking down Salt Lake City Summer League and previewing Las Vegas. We will then have another post game for you Saturday after the Thunder take on the Dallas Mavericks for their first game in Vegas. And do not forget that next Sunday, no 9 p.m. stream. Instead, it will be a morning stream live from the Blue Wire studio at the Wynn Hotel and Resort on the Strip in Las Vegas. We've got you guys covered for Summer League. Nick and I actually talking a lot today about all the content we will get for you guys while we're out in Vegas. It's going to be awesome. But you don't care about that. You care about Chet Holmgren playing basketball for the first time in like 11 months. 
about J-Dub being way too damn good for Summer League. About Trey Mann catching a body. Nick, just in general, your big takeaway, when, when this game is over and you get on this podcast and you get in front of the microphone, the first thing that comes to your mind about what we just watched is Jalen Williams looks like a four-time all-star just decided it'd be kind of funny to go play summer league with a bunch of young guys and just absolutely look like he does not belong in a good way. Like if it was me, I understand there's some value in playing. I wouldn't even call it low level basketball because it's still high level basketball playing, uh, in these types of situations where you can do a bit more to like try out new moves and see if what you worked on translates to the game. But if we got a, a notification tomorrow that said Jalen Williams is done with summer league, I'd probably say good as he should be like three minutes. in, I had already told myself like, he's just, he's too the first good. nine points. He's too effortlessly. Good. Yeah. Like the first one was a layup. That was just like pedestrian. Then he had the pull-up three. That's the thing that he kind of got going to today, Nick, was the pull-up three, which I thought was really fun and something that I think he's working on. His stat line tonight for J-Dub, 21 points in 21 minutes, 8 of 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. I love five threes in 21 minutes for Dub. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Uh, Four rebounds, two assists, and a block. After he saw Trey Mann get a dunk, he went for one himself and back rimmed it and ricocheted it uh, up into the air. But you said it. He just, it was that moment where you were just like, he's, he's ascended past this level of basketball. Yeah. Like and he was, there were other good guys on the court tonight. Like for Utah, I thought Ochai Abaji looked really good tonight. Mm-hmm. Just nowhere close to what J Dub was doing. No. And if J Dub, can be a really good three-point shooter on top of the fact that he's already like a elite, not just among young guys, like elite finisher at the rim among all players, all positions. Like he finished at the rim better than a lot of centers did last year. Like good centers mm-hmm. did last year. If he gets a three-point shot going, how do you guard that? And then also, like no one's going to talk about this, the defensive side of the ball. As good as Agbaji looked, Jay Tubb was like locking him down some possessions. Yeah. Like man on ball, not like this off ball. Like it was on ball defense, point of attack. Like I'm not letting you drive by me, moving his feet, using his length. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, you go back to last season. Every time coach talked about J Dub, it was about the potential and the upside on the defensive end, you know, and now he's doing this stuff on offense. You mentioned he's already got the elite finishing. He is so physical. Like, he can blow by you. And if you're in front of him, he can just bully his way to the rim. Nick, we texted about it. I don't I don't know if it's the fact that the big hair is gone and he had the braids going tonight. And so smaller hair, like in proportion, makes his body look bigger. He's obviously put on some some strength, put on some muscle. He looked jacked. He's always he looked, been jacked. He looked like more jacked though. Mm-hmm. Like not oh, for sure. Like not 
post-career juiced Mike Bibby jacked, but <laughs> he looked big. Yeah. I, I, I mean, looking back, what he did last year, finishing at the rim and like getting to the rim, bodying people, he's always been strong. But yeah, he, he clearly has put on... I know the topic of convo on Twitter has been like 23 pounds because his summer league online number was 195 pounds last year. He was 210 at the combine. He's not gained 23 pounds, but he's probably gained a good five to eight pounds of solid muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And for a guy that was already pretty physical, very significant. He was absolutely awesome. You mentioned some of the defense. There were just some plays that stuck out to me where he's, I think he was guarding Ogbaji, but he like try to go around him. And then you would just see this like appendage go way farther than it should and like poke the ball out. His his length, I'm starting to become more and more of a believer that length and wingspan is more important than just height. His length is absurd, dude. Like, Yeah, he, he's a guy that we... You good? Threw the mic out there. Uh, he's a guy that I think we... We probably think he looks six eight six nine because he's so long. Mm-hmm. He's only like six five six six. But he's got that seven two seven three wingspan. So it's he's like he's got the same wingspan as guys like like Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, you know, and Taylor Hendricks, than Taylor Hendricks. Six, Taylor Hendricks is like six or seven one. Like he's yeah. he's longer than Taylor Hendricks. So to your point, like I I do think wingspan and length matter just as much as height i wouldn't i don't know if i'd say like more than height it's like a it's like an equation kind of thing but um it does matter because your ability to be versatile at a time when the nba is all about versatility kind of depends on either height or length combined with the skill set that you have so definitely um love j-dub people know how much we love j-dub Let's move on though, because even though like JW could have 50 tonight if you wanted to. The story of the night goes to the former number two overall pick who didn't get to play last year. Chet Holmgren makes his return. We talked about adding weight, Nick. Chet put on 13 pounds. Wow. Two and uh, if you will believe the Facebook comments on ESPN, because there's nothing I enjoy more than reading Facebook comments. Uh, people say you can do that in two weeks with a little bit of Brahms and some Sonic. So, uh, I mean, I don't think they're wrong. Rough start for Chet. Yeah, the first quarter, so. the first quarter, I was like, uh, looking a little rusty. But after the rust, after the getting the second wind, got to realize like he hasn't played organized basketball in eleven months. After all of that, we move into the second quarter, Nick. And what do you see? It's like he got over the initial overcompensation is probably what it was. Like given the competitive nature of Chet Holmgren, where to us, like before the game, we were texting about this. It was like, the dude's going to be rusty. It's been a year. Like he has been shooting and doing a bunch of stuff more recently. Um, 
but he hadn't played like legit five on five on court. There was going to be some rust. That's that's our external view. To Chet, I guarantee you, if you would have if you had his number, text him before the game and said, I think he'll be a little bit rusty, he would have said, No, I'm going out there, I'm going at their throats. First two minutes, I'm back. Like that's just his internal competitive nature, the dog in him. Um, and I think to his detriment a little bit, and I wouldn't even call it detriment. He overcompensated and he wanted to go out there and prove that he was back. And that's hard to do after a year. And I think once he got over that initial hump, you saw you saw like the turnover where he dropped the ball out of bounds and there was a couple of like he kind of flicked the ball up and it was a little bit short. Once he got over that first hump, it was actually once he sat for the first time. He sat down on the bench, got to like catch his breath, go back out there, and it was like a different player. And so I of course, it's easy to say, like, discount the bad part. But, like, that first stretch of six, seven minutes where he went one for five, like, throw that in the trash can. That is that is not Chet. That version of Chet is over. Like, he is now officially back, and we saw that from, from quarter two on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Quarter two was such a blast, man. It was nuts. Like, it was like in, in four minutes, so he changed fun. the whole game. I had so much fun watching him those first, like that for that second quarter. It was uh, two things I want to talk specifically about Chet. Four blocks mm-hmm. in like under 30 minutes is just an absurd rate. Yep. The thing is, Nick, it's not just the blocks. Right. Like if you... His Sam Vicini has talked a lot about this. His defensive IQ and his anticipation. The one he got Keontae George twice in the third quarter. The second one was effing disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like blocked it two armed with like his elbows. But the first one that was on the left side of the court, Keontae beat Trey on the left. If you watch the replay. 
Chet is up high on the opposite side of the lane at the free throw line whenever Keontae starts that move. And Chet meets him on the opposite side of the rim above the peak and gets him. Like, the anticipation is unreal. And he might not block everything, but when you watch him on defense when he is out there, he is always at the rim. Like, there were multiple possessions tonight in that third quarter after that big block where Jazz guys would drive in and where they would typically like lean in and try to get a shot up, try to get a layup up, they're dishing it back off. It's it's Serge Ibaka-esque, like peak Serge Ibaka-esque. We're like, it's like a mind game. Mm-hmm. Like you're protecting the rim so well that guys are afraid to put it up because they don't want it to get blocked. And at that point, you have won. Mm-hmm. You have won the battle. If you are forcing guys to get in the lane and not shoot the basketball, like in my opinion, that is better than a block. Yeah. I mean, if if you've ever played basketball in your entire life, there has been a game in which the team you're playing has this massive dude. And it's very different when you're at elementary school or middle school or even high school. Or, um, because Chet not only is massive, but also is extremely skilled. But if you've played basketball growing up, there's been a game or probably multiple games where when you drive to the rim, most games you would like float it up over a guy or make a move or your go-to kind of step back, jump, whatever it is. But when you have this guy that's just a massive rim protector, protector, it changes the way you process the game as you're getting to the rim. And like you mentioned, it's like it's either a bad shot or you don't shoot, which is better. You're forced to kick it out. And like that, that was the turning point in the game. Like when Chet started, like we've got to come up with some kind of phrase or t-shirt or something about volleyball because these two-handed blocks are ridiculous. Um, like it looks like he's spiking over the net. But the, when he does that once or twice, the entire team is like, oh crap. Like we have to change the way we're attacking the rim. And when that happened tonight, after that first big block, we saw this like the Jazz went two of 16 over that stretch in the second quarter because of Chet. And so while the box score, if you didn't watch the game, you go look at Chet's box score, four blocks seems really good. But I'd argue like his his impact on the game was the most significant on the things that didn't show up on the box score in terms of just like putting a bubble around the rim where if you're going to come in here, you're not going to get anything easy. You're going to have to either take a bad shot or kick it out. It's awesome. I think also like his pick and roll defense, he's typically like a, um, a hedge and recover type of guy or like a drop guy, but he just covers so much space. There were plays where like they were trying to throw an alley-oop and Chet would just like intercept the pass. The length just, changes the geometry of the basketball court it's incredible he there was a lot of plays where like watching the thunder and and breaking the thunder for so many years now we just we haven't had the chance to cover a guy like this like it's been steven adams and it's been these weird undersized centers for the last few years um there was some plays where there'd be like a dribble handoff on the wing and chet's guy would be the receiver of the ball and Chet would sag like 
12, 15 feet from the rim, and his guy is at the three-point line with the ball. And I'm like, dude, you might want to scoot up a little bit. Then you start to realize his ability to like recover and close out and he uses length on a three. He doesn't have to be like in your grill on the perimeter. He can play back, which a clogs passing like the geometry thing mentioned clogs passing lanes can't throw over him. He's got more mobility and what he can do. And if you do decide to shoot, he's still long enough that even though he's six feet from you, he can quickly recover and, and contest it. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's something we haven't seen in Oklahoma city ever. Yeah. Like, ever. Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound dumb. Like the closest thing is Poku, right? Did you hear me, Nick? Say it again. The closest thing is Poku. Yes, but to a different degree. And that that's like the whole point I'm trying to make. Right. Right. Yeah. We, we have not, we have not had this in Oklahoma city flip side of the coin. First, uh, Chet's line tonight, 13 points, nine rebounds, two assists, four blocks, uh, in 29 minutes. He was a plus 13. Chet only took one, three, which I was kind of surprised at Yeah, because he didn't play inside very much. He was like catching on the perimeter and attacking the basket. But Nick, one thing stuck out to me very vividly tonight with Chet on offense, and that's on a pick and pop or on a driving kick, Chet would catch at the three-point line, and he's got a really nice ball fake that sent guys flying multiple times. He would ball fake and a dribble or two, and he is in the paint at the rim trying to finish. And he had a missed layup. He had a dunk that went in and out. Yeah, Like, you get those those two plays to just go in the basket instead of 13 points. He's at 17 points on eight of 14. We had 15. So he'd have been at 19 on eight of 14 shooting instead of six of four. I mean, 15. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was looking at his plus minus. Um, totally right. Like it's just a few things here and there. I thought the, the catch and attack off the, off the kick out, show the ball and go, um, I really liked what I saw with that. Yeah. And the thing is, the next progression, which I think he's going to be able to do easily, that's going to be Josh Giddy driving and kicking to him. And then he catches, and he takes a dribble and attacks the closeout. And then he swings it to the next corner, which is a wide-open J-Dub, yeah. or a wide-open Shea, or a wide-open Mitchich, or a wide-open Isaiah Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I, I mean... Then that thing really gets moving. There was multiple instances tonight where the vision was just like there in front of you. The, the style of ball movement was insane. Uh, just guys playing connected in a rhythm basketball, right? Yeah. Just kind of going with the flow, just vibing off each other. It was it was really fun to watch. Yeah. Before we move on to probably a couple more guys we want to talk about, I just wanted put this out there because I, I feel like it's something that anybody that watches the thunder regularly probably had the feeling of Chet coming off of injury. It's like every time he caught the ball and drove like last year, it was like this exciting, like, Oh, Chet's dribbling and spinning and fading. This year it was like, Oh, Chet's dribbling and spinning and fading. Don't get hurt. You know what I mean? It was just like a yeah. different 
it was almost like an anxious, oh crap, he's doing this versus like last year it was, oh, he's got mobility. I know this is this is ignorant to say because um, injuries happen to every player at any time. It doesn't matter. But just getting through one game where he he wasn't like avoiding contact. He was like jumping in, trying to get rebounds and driving the lane and flailing on the floor and, you know, throwing his butt. He, he, it was not one of those situations where maybe a little bit early, but big picture, he wasn't favoring the wrong foot or avoiding contact. So that was, that was one positive, but from a mental standpoint, now that we've gotten through one game, like it feels like we've seen him, play now and there's not as much i think for the next 18 months there's going to be that small fear in the back of your head that he's going to get hurt maybe but now that we're through one game like do you personally feel like we've we've crossed a milestone where you can start to enjoy it a bit more moving forward definitely you know and the injury which is such a freak accident you know and he's never been injured like that before like you still, you think we have that thought in the back of our mind. Like imagine how he feels, you know? Um, but I mean, I, I had, a, I had a my point. A, he didn't, he didn't shy away from anything. Yeah. But you know that that's still in his mind though. Like it's, it's going to be a mental thing for him. I think as he's well. built different. He is. Dude. I, I, I like, you're totally right. He, you don't go through a year away from basketball without having it in the back of your head. But for like you and I to come back from that, would be really hard. And it and I'm not saying it's not hard for Chet. But like that dude is wired differently. Like he it was, is he was talking tonight. He was letting some people hear he, it. Like and, and you listen to every national person that talks about Chet or anyone that's covered Chet for his entire life, they don't talk about the fact that he's seven one or the fact that he's so skilled or the fact that he can shoot threes. Every one of them talks about like He's going at you. He's a dog. He's a competitor. You, like you that's, we, that, that is the the mental wiring that is going to make him great. You know what we call that on this podcast, Nick? What do we call it? He got that dog in him. Yep. He, dude, I texted you tonight. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There is a chance. I think we said this on last night's show. The official... Kason signing will happen on the sixth, probably in the morning. The NBA front op- NBA offices probably have like a, a queue of all these transactions that got to go through. Yep. I want to see him and Kason on the court guarding pick and rolls together. 
I think that would just be disgusting. They're just going to muck everything up. Um, we don't want to make this pod too long, so we're going to choose one more guy to talk about. Then we're going to take questions from the chat, Nick. Uh, and my choice for who we're going to talk about next is Trey Man. Okay, let's do it. Real quick, stat line. Trey had 20 points on 7 of 15 shooting. He was 4 of 8 from 3. 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, a block, and 4 turnovers. And an absolute... Trey just has these moments. It, you're good yeah. for like one a season. The first year, rookie year, it was against the Lakers. Last year, uh, he had two, actually. He had the last game two. of the season. Yeah. And he had one... I can't remember who it was against. I just remember J Dub losing. I think so. J. I just remember J Dub losing his mind. Yeah. And then he had tonight, where he just detonates. I mean, he pulls yeah. that thing back mm-hmm. with like bad intention. What do you yeah. think of Trey's game tonight? Um. Stats aside, box score aside. The confidence that we saw from start to finish is super promising because I think for a guy that is probably down after the, the the year that he had and the role that he had last season. And again, it's like when you're a third-year play, player coming into summer league, you probably do feel like that guy. Like you're, you're probably going in there like, oh, I can dominate these guys. Like You, you should be confident. But to see it like translate on the floor, if only we could get that version of Trey, and it's it's a hard mindset to have. Summer league, I'm going to be that guy versus NBA when you're going up against, you know, Devin Booker instead of Keontae George. Like it's it's very different. But if if he can carry some momentum into the season and and say, I'm that guy. Like when I come off the bench, I'm going to score on you. I don't care who you are we see the flashes like we've seen it rookie year when he was out there with the, the nobodies because everyone was hurt and they were tanking like he can do it. And so to see the confidence, like even if the shots wouldn't have fallen, which we've seen in summer leagues of the past, the confidence he played with and the swagger, that's what matters to me. Definitely. We said it on this podcast last night, summer league isn't going to make or break him, but it is a data point. And you want to stack good data points right now. You want to build momentum. I thought he started doing that tonight. The confidence, the jump shot was there. I thought maybe there were times where he danced with it a little too much. This is wasn't really wasn't really getting off it and moving and didn't not really fitting. Kind of stuck out at times. That definitely is his game. I thought him going against Keontae George was yeah kind of like not ironic, but it just it just fit because they're kind of the same style of basketball player, you know? Yeah. But I thought he had some really nice moves to the basket, which I think he's always kind of had. He's been kind of an underrated finisher. We know him for his three-point shooting. Uh, the handle looks tighter. He had yep. not as many, like, break and and pullbacks and these, like, crazy shin angles, but shifty side to side, making guys kind of stumble up a little bit. Um. I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be a bench gunner. And I think they're going to take all these guys to training camp and they're going to let whoever rises to the top rise to the top. If you want to compare him to like a Patty Mills, who's now on this team. Yeah. Like my thought, I was texting with somebody tonight. My thought is like, they have a lot more invested in Trey man 
And at some point, I think like the sunk cost fallacy comes in. Like Patty Mills, you just absorbed a, a expiring contract in a cap space for assets. But Trey Mann, like you spent a, a top 20 pick on him. You've invested time, effort, money, NBA reps, G League reps, summer league reps. Like they have a lot invested in this kid who's still under contract for two more years. I think at the end of the day, Trey wins out and like makes the roster. But he does have to start. Yeah, he does have to start stacking because Presti has told us it's it's do or die time. Yeah, you've got to show out. And so it, it's like they're going to take guys into training camp and they're going to let the best guys make it through. And it's going to yeah. be a competition. And I think that is good for Trey. I think it's a good start for him tonight. A lot of summer league left to go yeah. for him, though. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really easy to be short-sighted. And if hypothetically training camp the last like the last roster spot was between Trey Mann and Patty Mills. Patty Mills would probably help the team more this season. But you have to remember they they don't have the expectation to win it all this year. Like it's still the rebuild. Presti's Presti's made that very clear. Like there's still more moves to be made. Like the fa- I think the fan base, like a chunk of the fan base is like this is the year that you like Move into that, you know, you're going to get the four, five, six seed. You're going to be, you know, maybe that happens as a byproduct. But I think in the front office's mind, this is still year three of five before you're really the consistent playoff team. And so if it did come down to Trey and Patty, although I think nobody would argue Patty Mills is still a fantastic player at almost 35 years old that would that would help this team regular season and playoffs when healthy. I think that the front office is still thinking the three-year window, not the one-year window, which is the right way to think about it. Definitely. Nick, before we get out of here, I think we are obliged to hit some of these comments and these questions in the chat. Uh, So we'll burn through some real quick. Um, Alex loves favoriting along the way. because There's like 400 of them in here. Yeah, I know. I need to start using that feature. A um, bunch of people high on the Trey Man dunk. Uh, people making jorts comments again. Uh, this is why you need to be part of the live stream, folks. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Alex says dub was like men versus boys. I almost made that comparison on the Twitter account tonight. Uh, Blueface so Baby says Chet was doing okay. Hope for better, but he still made an impact. I think that's the big takeaway for me. Is like he wasn't great. Yeah. But his impact was still pretty massive. That's that's what's going to be so interesting about Chet this season in terms of like rookie of the year race and all NBA teams. There will be people on Twitter that say Chet only averages that there's some nerd numbers. 13.2 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 2.5 assists. Whereas this center over here averages better. I think when you look at blocks and defensive statistics, it's not going to matter anyways because he's going to average two and a half blocks a game. But his impact, he's just one of those special guys. And I think that's that's the kind of player the Thunder like is we don't care about your points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, this rating, that rating. It's like there's a lot of things that cannot be measured. 
and that's the guy that they're acquiring. And that is what Chet is. 100%. That's, it's like Chet to a T. Yeah. Um, Sean says, what did Holly Rose say to Jay will? I missed it. Did you catch this Nick? <sighs> yeah. Uh, she, she said, I, I didn't, I didn't catch this during the actual game, but she said, we've crowned you the Jalen Williams to J dub. And then she turned to Jay will and said, no offense. He's the J the, the Jalen Williams. And Jay will laughed, of course, because he's not going to get offended by anything. But Holly yeah, well, Rowe he and Chet kind of side eyed each other too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then he and Chet were like hugging, walking off the court. The yeah. bromance I mean, is Ch- real. Chet, Chet is like the ultimate team guy. Like, I think the the funniest thing about Chet is that he is going to be the villain everywhere. Like, Dylan Brooks is a guy that every team hates, besides the team that has him. Draymond's kind of the same way. Um, Dylan Brooks is different because Chet's actually going to be good, but um, Chet's going to be that guy. Like he's going to be the guy that every other fan base freaking hates because well, at some the point, Utah fans over... were chanting "overrated" to I him know, I in know. a summer league game tonight. But over the next two seasons, at some point, you'll be watching your favorite team, and Chet will do something that pisses you off, or Chet will jaw off to your favorite player, and you will dislike Chet. And I guarantee you, by the time Chet's in his third or fourth year, every fan base will dislike Chet, although he is freaking incredible. Totally agree. Meek says, I'm not sure how to express it. J-Dub just clearly has a star NBA player look about him. He just, he's such a kid, but he also just carries himself with so much confidence. Yeah. I love it. I think there's like, remove the Kawhi Leonard's of the world that are just like these oddball superstars that don't have this trait. But if you look at most stars in the league, it's like NBA all-star weekend comes around cameras are on them and they're just like swagged out. I'm that guy. Super fun to be around high kick, big personalities. That's just how superstars are in the modern sports world. Like I don't care what sport it is. Um, and and J Dub is that like you you see him after the game after the initial interview with Holly Rowe he goes over and sits down and puts the headset on to talk to whoever's next and you can just tell he's sitting there like I'm that guy who's interviewing me next. Yep, <laughs> he's incredible, man. Yeah, uh, lots of people in the comments down on Oos. Uh, yeah, I think Jared Percival with some good perspective here. Oos is still a project. Don't stress. Oos looked a little rough tonight. I did like that. I felt like driving to the basket, he was a little more physical. He went for a dunk, uh, got fouled, but I liked that he was aggressive and didn't like try to float it or anything like that. He's still like 19, isn't he? Yeah. Like it's going to be a process for the kid. Yeah. He, he, it's, it's all processing the game. It's like, not only is he young, the season before he came to the league, he did the whole NBL thing, but it was an NBL season that was derailed by COVID where he didn't, actually play in the city that he signed a contract with they had to like relocate and live in a hotel and play somewhere else like his his game reps we we like to talk about age when it comes to prospects but i think probably the better measure is like experience like you're 21 but you've played x number of college seasons or x number of nba seasons like oos heard a lot last year nbl season was derailed you're also one of the youngest guys in the league, despite being a second year player. 
like his reps, if you compare them to everybody, he's really like, he's kind of like a rookie again. Like, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, next one, uh, Adam asking, did J-Dub get thick with two Cs for more run at the four? I mean, I think getting thick is going to help him at all positions, not just the four. That's just me, though. Like, one through four, being thick helps, especially if you can keep the, the speed that he has. They played him at five last year at times. Uh, Adam H. says, Chet blocks are basically outlet passes. We're going to run so much this year. Can you imagine a Chet two-handed block and it lands in Giddy's hands? I it's mean, a layup. It's a layup a second and a half later. We didn't hear it as much last year, but two seasons ago, Mark's Mark's two favorite words, Mark Dignall, were uh, space and pace. Thunder played with a lot of pace last year. Didn't have a ton of space. They didn't have a bunch of shooters. This year they do. Chet being one of them. Space and pace wins games in the NBA. 100%. Uh, fade away, I think, asking about Oos here. Is he a jack-of-all-trades, master of none? Um, Neither, and that's not the answer you want to hear. Like, I like I think Oos has the upside to be one of those guys that is like the 6'10", 6'11", do-it-all wing. I think there's also a world where Oos never works out. Like, we talked about he can't process the game. He's a little slow on his feet. Maybe he never gets there. Like those are two things that are not guaranteed. Like for some guys that you just never catch up to the game. Um, but I think the more realistic outcome for him is he ends up being a guy that either is a outstanding defender or he is a really good three point shooter for his size. And then kind of add some things here and there. But I don't, I don't think he'll be a do it all guy in the long run. For sure. Um, I had another one. Where did it just go? Uh, 12 count talking about, um, your comments on the, the chat blocks. He says, if he volleyball spiked everyone on my layup attempts, I'd hate him too. <laughs> yes. I, think I, I agree. I, I saw Brandon Pajemski in the background on my TV for the first time in a Warriors Jersey. And I was like tripped out for a second. <laughs> it, it's that's the weirdest part of summer league is seeing these guys in their jerseys for the first time. And you're like, Whoa, that is, that's a weird thing, but on the volleyball spikes, uh, yes, like that's that, that's to my point. Your favorite player is going to get blocked by Chet at some point. He's going to get in his face and jaw at him. And yes, you're going to hate Chet if you're not a fan of the Thunder. Um, Matt Noonan said, "Mitchich courtside, yeah, Mitchich and Jack White both yep. courtside tonight, yep. which I thought was pretty cool." Um, I saw. I'm there's way too many comments. I can't scroll up and find it. Um, but two more things. There's a lot of comments about the jazz commentators. It was jazz summer league. So it's the jazz play by play guys. And they were very jazz biased. Like it was very clear. That's fine. Yep. They, they lost. So it's okay. Um, our buddy Carrie in attendance tonight at the game. Carrie said he watched a grown 30 plus year old man go up to dub and had a dub Jersey on and took it off for dub to sign it and was just standing shirtless in the arena, which is incredible. (laughs) That is awesome. Absolutely. Incredible. Nick, any parting thoughts on summer league game one, which the Oklahoma city thunder won 95, 85 against Utah jazz. Only parting thought is they played nine guys on a 17 man roster. 
So I don't know if that means like they play the fifth and the sixth back to back. I wouldn't expect Chet to play both. I don't know if I expect J-Dub to play both. Hope everybody enjoyed tonight because the rest of Salt Lake City may be less fun, but they'll be back at it the first two games of Vegas because that is where the real action happens. And we will they'll be there covering for you guys live. It's going to be incredible. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Uncontested, jumping on with us for the live stream after the Thunder win their first summer league game. Taylor and JD will be back with you guys Wednesday night. And then Taylor, Justin, Nick, and myself will all be with you Thursday night live on the Strip in Las Vegas. We will talk to you guys soon. And if you are in the States, enjoy your 4th of July. Stay safe. Don't blow your fingers off. If you're international, have a great Tuesday. We'll see you guys again Wednesday. Until then, as always, thunder up. Thunder up.